about the headphones. (laughs) I will never leave them all the way up ever again. This is, uh, as we were getting ready uh, to do this here show, this is what happened. Michelle's headphones couldn't work, so this is what went down. Look at you, Mr. Bordock. I figured it out. Oh, Oh, my God. God. (laughs) I sort of censored myself. Because I did, I kind of said the word, but I sort of knew I was in front of a microphone. Oh, Oh, God. It is the Producer Michelle Podcast. I think this is episode five. Boom! Oh my goodness. I'm here, and uh, it is Friday. Thank God produ- uh, Producer Justin is here. <laughs> we really got to find no, a like... title that's more descript. Well, I'm the guy you... who turns on the microphone and makes feedback happen no, to you scare do, you. You do everything I ask you to do. That's also true. Can we say Whipping Boy? We can. I like Whipping Boy okay, or Lackey. Whip, whipping, whipping Boy Justin is here. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad it's Friday. Oh, me too. <laughs> I know you're looking to forward to uh, you know time with the fam. Yep. Right. Just yep. some relaxing time. Well, my husband's upset with me. What happened? Did you change the calendar menu? No. <laughs> the um, it was on Tuesday when he came home and uh, he went over to the calendar and he was like, "What's for dinner?" <gasps> and and I oh the March ca- the March calendar oh, you is didn't not do the up calendar? yet. <laughs> And he got mad? He was like, how am I supposed to know what's for dinner? He has to. No, hold on. Hold on. He he's, has, just, he's just screwing Okay, good. Yeah, I no, would, no, no, no. I would have him killed. That, no, that's the kind of couple we are. Like, he'll, good, he'll yeah. feign anger. You know, it, it's so. But but if he's right, I didn't get the schedule up in time. It was funny because I the for the past couple of days, it's like, okay, so the day he looked at a Tuesday, I said, okay, it's pizza night. <laughs> and then Wednesday, I'm like. <laughs> Sandwiches. <laughs> uh, yesterday, it. cereal. <laughs> cereal for dinner? Yeah, sometimes. That's yeah. awesome. Sometimes you just don't. Yeah, you do waffles. breakfast for dinner. That's fun. Yeah, so I got to finish that uh, food schedule. You got to. Uh, he likes it. He really does. When he knows what to expect for dinner, he's good. If you were ever on that wife swap show that used to be huge, <laughs> it would be the worst episode for every other guy in the world. Oh, my God. It would be a lot of fun for me, though. I think so. Maybe we should find somebody to swap with. <laughs> anyway, the other reason the other reason I'm glad it's Friday is because the dogs, they've been making me nuts. And if you go to KFIAM640.com, keyword producer Michelle, you'll see the two photos that I took at Princess before and after the vet this week. <laughs> oh, this is a great story. She went into the vet for her yearly checkup. She's nine and a half. And... What's scary for me is every pet I've ever owned on my own has always died when they were nine years old. So this year I'm like freaked out about everything. Are all my of them older? My cat died. My dog, other dog died at nine. All of your current dogs are older than nine though, right? Yes. But okay. the two, Buffy and Roxy, are not technically my dogs. They're my father-in-law's dogs. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. And for those who don't so know. So they skipped the curse. For those who don't know, Buffy is 17 and eats with chopsticks. Yep. Although I got her to eat off a plate this week. I was so excited. No. No, that's and, not how it's uh, supposed to go. And Roxy's 12, and Princess is nine and a half. And so I took her to the vet for her yearly checkup. And um, she's usually 
you know, she's like any other dog who is happy in the car until we pull into the vet, the parking lot. And then she's like, what? What the hell is this all about? This is not where you said we were going for a car ride. And then, of course, you know, I bring her in and just for the regular, you got to bring a fecal sample so they can check it for, you know. Really? Parasites. Yeah, once a year they like to check. You should really have kids. I mean, you... You interact with poop. It sounds the same, but a little bit less because you Probably. don't have to bring it in. They do it at the office there. And it's always firm. It's never like, Excuse you know me? how kids sometimes, you know, when they, when they're, especially when they're little, sometimes you, like people, I've heard <laughs> stories. And when I've changed the diapers of my nieces and nephews, there are sometimes where you go, oh my God. Yeah. What? How did it end up on, up on your shoulder? Teething. If they're teething, that's the worst. <laughs> it like blows up. So anyway, so I took her in and she's always a little uncomfortable at the vet. In fact. She's a little dog. She's six pounds. She's supposed to be five pounds. So I have I found out she's got to lose a pound. Um, so um, <laughs> she, we're at the vet, and she is not a great vet dog. Like she mm-hmm. likes some of the vets, but she doesn't like the vet techs because they're the ones that are doing the thermometer in the butt. So she doesn't like it. Oh, that's a one way for her. That's she does not like it. And so she, there are these huge orange stickers all over her file that say use caution. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I talk to the vet tech, I say, you got to give me the littlest muzzle that you have, the little tiny, tiny, tiny muzzle. And they give me one. I'm like, no, it's small. I need like the extra, extra, extra small. And it's a pain to get it on her. And then she tries to get it off and she gets hysterical. And it's, it's, it's just a pain. But the vet we were going to see is the vet that she generally likes. So she was a pain in the neck with the vet tech. And, you know, the thermometer thing wasn't really happening. And then the vet comes in. And she's kind of suspicious, but the vet's super nice. And the vet, my vet actually got a chihuahua because she loves Princess so much. Okay, so she actually got a chihuahua based on my dog. Yeah. And this time, when she went to touch Princess, she just freaked out and tried to bite So not even a thermometer in hand. No. Nothing nothing coming close to the keister. No. And yeah. uh, nobody's taking the Jersey Tunnel yet. Yeah, it was weird. It was just—I think she was just having a bad day. But she—they um, wrap her in a blanket. Like sometimes when they're trying to calm the dog down, they'll put a blanket over them and uh-huh. just kind of. And once she did that, she calmed down, and then she was fine. And they did all the tests, and everything's good. She's good. She's you know nine and a half year old Chihuahua. So checkup went good. Checkup went for well. somebody got bit though. The she well she almost bit, bit almost the, bit. yeah oh, almost okay. bit the vet yeah but and that's unusual for her because she likes this vet so I don't know what her problem was this week another so orange sticker on her file another big one <laughs> they added one to the latest page of the file use <laughs> caution dangerous Chihuahua it's so funny because she's such a small cute dog but she is and she's a really loving dog like she's just she's really adorable um, and she's very friendly once you get to know her and she's I don't know I don't know what her problem was this week. And the other reason I'm glad this week is over is because I I can't stand dealing with passive aggressive a holes. Oh, I really can't. Oh, and what so, happened? So this week I had to deal with somebody who I've been dealing with for a while, and I'm not going to mention any names, but this person is just a passive aggressive a hole. I'm like 99.9 percent sure I don't know this, and person. it's not Bill. It's not hand, just so you know. People are going to go, well, obviously, you deal with one every day. <laughs> that is a very important clarification. Oh, but that's funny. No, it's not Handel. Handel was actually very, very Handel was having a great week. week, I think. Yeah, he was having a great week. So here, here's why. This is why I don't like passive-aggressive people, because I am a really direct and honest and straightforward person. 
Okay, some people can't deal with that. Passive-aggressive assholes. I'm going to say the word because I'm Do allowed it. to. It's my podcast. Yeah. Some uh, passive-aggressive assholes don't understand that they can't deal with people who are honest and straightforward because they're not. They're not that way. They lie. They stretch the truth, which is a lie if you don't know. They just they do everything to drive me crazy because I don't understand why other people aren't like me. So, so there are people who can't deal with how straightforward and honest I am, and I don't care. <laughs> I got no time for bullshit. Ain't nobody got time for you. I don't, I don't, so I don't care if a passive-aggressive person is a passive-aggressive person. It just, it just is annoying to me, and it just makes my life a little bit harder for the week. Um, so somebody had said to me, well, maybe this person is acting this way towards you because they don't like you. And I said, well, that's fine. <laughs> I am totally fine with somebody who doesn't like me. I am totally fine with somebody who can say to me, I don't like you, and I don't want to deal with you. And so I always hope that, hey, if you're one of those people who can't deal with me because I am honest and straightforward, I want you to say to me, I don't like you. I'll be like, great. I don't like you either. Let's <laughs> move on. Now we can get somewhere. I don't like you either. Yeah, no, because I was dealing with this person this week, and it was just a big mess, and it was just it was just a nightmare scenario, and I can't stand people who don't tell the truth. It's like, just tell the truth and get it over with. Don't hide behind BS because you're trying to act one way to one person. Because that's it, right? This, yes. It's this the other acts, people that you then have to interact yes, with. That think that this person is not yeah. being the way that they're being. Which makes they digs you further way. into an a-hole Absolutely. Pit. Absolutely. But anyway, so I, that's why that's another reason why I'm glad this week is over. Just because uh, it kind of brings me into the topic of haters. Remember I told you a couple yes. of weeks ago I was t- going to talk about haters? Well, and I love this because we've been doing this podcast for five, four weeks now. This will be the fifth one. And I've already gotten haters, and I love it. And I love haters because it, it's so funny to know that you've bothered somebody to the point <laughs> that they want to contact you and tell you how much they hate you, yes. which I think is fascinating, and I love it, and I embrace it because it's, it's very indicative of who they are and not who you are. Yes. Okay, so I'm really glad you're talking about this because you really opened my mind to slot machines last week. (laughs) And as a uh, kind of former stand up comedian, Mm -hmm. I think this is a great thing for me to hear because I don't know if I'm at the level of peace that you are, but I would like to hear it. Right. And I think you'll get there. I'm at this level of peace. I'll be very, very clear. I don't care what people think of me. I never did ever since I was a kid. And I think that's what got me through. I mean, granted, I had, you know, moments in right. high school, but no, nothing like any of my friends dealt with. But, oh, my God, she doesn't like me. I'm, I don't give a crap. She doesn't yeah. like me. I don't care. I don't care what people think of me. I never did. And the reason is because those people who are acting that way towards me, they're not my people. Mm. They're not the people that I care about. And so if somebody that I cares about, uh, that I care about were to say to me, I don't like you, whatever, then I would uh, – there's – there's something to it to me. Have you had that happen where you had to deal no. with it? Or Okay. No, not yet. Too many passive-aggressive people. <laughs> Too many passive-aggressive people. So over the years, I mean, you can call me bitch. You can call me a see you next Tuesday. It's not going to bother me. It And I love it because people who do that, like they'll they'll email me, you fat bitch, you're see you next you Tuesday, serious? whatever. Yeah, and I, and I love it because I respond going, listen, if you don't think in 23 years that I've heard that already, <laughs> 
when you can be a little more creative, then email me back. Right. Oh, you bitch or whatever. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It bothers you more than it bothers me because you're obsessed. Those people are obsessed with trying to hurt someone. So once they find somebody that they can't hurt, it makes them crazy. <laughs> and I love it. Oh, really? Okay. I love the fact that it makes them crazy because those are the people who will keep emailing and keep, you know, sending you messages or text or tweets to try to bother you. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't bother me because you are not my people. <laughs> yeah, let me ask you this uh, and let, tell me if we don't have time for questions. But sure. the, here, my curiosity is it actually happened recently. There was somebody in regards to the Handle Show where they said something like, you know, I don't want to be rude to Justin, but, but. he's no get right. <laughs> he's no Gary. I really miss Gary. And oh, here's the boy. thing. I love Gary. I And it's here's what it's like. It didn't bother me. Right. But here's the part that bothered me is that there are so many levels of flawed logic in it. Right. That's where I think I get hung up on. It's that, A, I never claimed to be Gary. Right. Uh, B, you started with sentence with, I don't mean to be, <laughs> I don't want to be rude to Justin. But I will be. But, which is like the thing, It's now I can say whatever I want. Right. Is, is that technically, because here's the thing, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, right. but to say that that just washes off me is not true. Should I just... I think it's it would if it were me it would totally wash off me one because I, I don't like you said you never claimed to be Gary no. nobody ever said you claimed to be Gary you're different everybody's different the thing about comments like that are those are people I think and I'm sure she's a, probably a nice person but I think those are people who don't like any kind of change whatsoever so they get into a you know a routine right. and they like their people um, that they think they know but they don't really know. And then when any kind of change happens or if something is a different kind of funny than somebody else's kind of funny, they're they're not used to it. So I don't think – I really don't think she meant anything by that other than her just saying, oh, I kind of miss I miss Gary. Gary. Yeah. Like it's really a compliment for Gary, right. which is how I decided to take it. Like I'm like – Exactly. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. For me, it just roll off my back. So listen, it, you know, you – the people who sit behind their computers and – frantically ta- I have never had one person come up to me in all the time that I've worked with Handle and and said any of that stuff to my face. Oh. And and if they could, I would actually respect that, but they don't. And and that's to me that's the problem. So you can email me, you can call me all kinds of names. I'm going to tell you right now, it is never going to bother me. Good point. It is never going to bother me. Change my life, Michelle Q, if right I, here right if now. If I knew you, I might care a little bit, but if I don't, I don't care because you're not one of my people. So I brought I brought this up because it kind of goes into the topic that came up this week about some schools, these schools nationwide testing kids for grit. Mm. Remember the story? Mm-hmm. So this is if you haven't heard about this story, this is a nationwide push to measure students' emotional skills, and it's happening in California and some other school districts. And they'll te- they're going to test students on how well they've learned the kind of skills like self control and conscientiousness. Is that the right way to say it? Yep. The- <laughs> it is to me. I heard. I understood what you meant. And they're basically trying to figure out non non academic measures of, of a kid's performance. So you know, beyond the the English and the so not one plus science, one equals exactly. two. Exactly. They want to know if a kid kind of has what it takes a to motor, push gumption. through. Yeah. Which I don't have a huge problem with schools. T- you know, testing for that. But and here's the but. It shouldn't be their priority. I mean, schools are there to teach yes. actual things. Parents. Life skills, please. Teach them how to balance a checkbook. Teach them all of that stuff, how to write out a check. All that stuff is great. This, I, I don't really see the reason. I don't mind that, that schools are doing it because I think some teachers do it without thinking. 
I had a bunch of teachers in, in high school that kind of did it without thinking. And I, and I ultimately think that the onus of, on teaching kids, you know, kind of this grit is on parents. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's all about parents. It's their number one responsibility to teach their kids how to deal with things, how to work through things. Gary Hoffman told me a story once about how his kids were fighting one summer. It was super hot. They were fighting over the fan. They had one fan in the house, and the kids were fighting over it, and he couldn't take it anymore. And I think he and his wife said, listen, you guys, here, here's a dry erase board. Go figure it out. Figure out a schedule. And the kids were gone for like an hour or whatever, and then they came back with like the schedule. Okay, on these days, this way. So they figured it out. So you teach your kids those things. That's what you want to do so that when they're 18 and you're ready to kick them out of the house, that they can live life on their own and function. So – this is part of why I don't care what people think about me. This And this is part of why I think I developed the grit that I have. Um, my mom says I had it at a really young age. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you this story really quick. My mom used to work at the school as a helper. And I was in kindergarten. So I was, what, five? Because I'm one of those late birthday kids. So I was the young, one of the youngest. And we were standing, she said, we were standing in line at the cafeteria one day to get lunch. And all of us kids are standing in line, and we're just kind of standing there waiting. And my mom said that an older kid, he was eight years old, so I was five, and he was eight years old, walked in front of us to cut into the line. And my, my mom said, I'll never forget this, because my mom, we've got three, there's three kids in my family, my brother, my sister, and me. And I'm the youngest, I'm, uh, my sister and I are the closest in age, and there's nine years between us, so I'm younger by far. So... My brother and sister are both a little bit passive. You know, they don't, they're not really confrontational people. So my mom said this kid goes to cut ahead. And remember, he's three years older than me, so he's significantly bigger than me. And I'm a kid. I'm five years old. I have glasses, you know, a little, little kid with little ponytails, whatever. And my mom said, I, I, told my, I, I turned to my friend and I said, save my spot. I got out of line. I went up to the little boy. I pulled him by the back of the shirt and I said, no, go wait online like everybody else. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, look at that. What? Today I would probably get suspended for that. <laughs> yeah. Causing a fight. Probably beyond. You'd probably get expelled. But my mom said she looked at me that day because she, she said she was going to go over and say something to this little boy. But, but before. before she could do it, I already went over and dragged him out of line and made him go to the back of the line. And my mom said she looked at me that day and said, I'm not going to have to worry about this one. <laughs> Which is why, in a separate story I'll tell later, they moved to California when I had no choice. <laughs> and I was very angry with them for a long time. I'll go through that story another time. But I think that took me to a whole nother level of grit in my life where I just Struggles kind of, good, yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, I didn't think of it at the time. But anyway, so the, the moral of that story is stand up for yourself. So ever since I was a kid, I was always that way. So I didn't deal with any BS. I didn't deal with any of that stuff. So it... I wanted just to kind of get that out there because I think it's really important um, for people to understand. And I think there's a lot of parents nowadays that don't teach their kids how to deal with situations and they fix everything for them. And it drives me nuts. And, you know, you talked in your podcast a couple of weeks ago about, you know, dealing with some stuff with your son and, and how you feel a responsibility as a dad to teach them the kinds of things that your dad taught you. So I think it's, I think it's something that a lot of people don't think about nowadays. They have, I think a lot of people have an stuff. instinct to protect sure and you and you feel guilty when you fight that instinct because 
deep down inside you kind of feel like the struggle is good. Right. That's the or maybe I'm just describing myself too much, but I, I've also talked to a lot of people that feel that way too. Yeah. So anyway, I'll get into the whole story about me moving to California at a different time because it's a whole podcast episode in of itself. Um, the last thing I want to get to today is, did you watch the People versus OJ Simpson? Yes, I did. Okay, so it's so good. Like this episode was was one of those episodes I was like, "What? Oh my god, did that really happen?" Now I know there was some you know dramatiza- dramatization that took place in this episode. Um, one of the the lawyer on the prosecution side can't remember yeah. his name right now. Uh, just kind the of the guy from me. Boston Public. That's what I know. Him Bill from. Hodgman is yeah. his name. Yeah, Bill Hodgman. He did not have a heart attack in court. He had a heart attack later in the day. Um, but yes, it, he it, he did have a heart attack and he was you know all stressed out and stuff. But the episode this week was mostly focused on getting ready for the trial. And again, they're having pretrial motions. And one of the things that came up was the fact that Christopher Darden is going to be the one to end up questioning Mark Furman. And everybody knows at this point that there's some stuff in Mark Furman's background that they really don't want to bring up a trial. They don't feel like it's necessary. And if it's brought up, that it's going to taint the jury in one way. And so there's there's this great scene where Darden gives his argument and Johnny Cochran gets up and gives his argument. And as he's walking away, he whispers something. <laughs> now, I don't know if that really happened, but if it did, man. Yeah. That's all, that's all I'll say about that. But so... Furman was a big topic this week, and of course, next week I think it's going to be even bigger because I think they're really going to get into it. Do you next know week. if any of those like arguments in the trial happened, or was the pre-trial they, stuff not televised? I don't. Rem- I don't because they were asking. A lot of it was televised, and I and I don't know if word for word. Okay. I know those arguments did happen, but I don't know if they so were word for word. They did ask that the <laughs> N word not be something that yes. is admittable, and then yes, because they didn't feel it was it had for, anything to do yeah. with the case and all of that stuff. So anyway, the the story I wanted to tell you is shortly after the trial, or after, I can't remember, it wasn't totally after the trial, but it was after he testified, because he wasn't allowed to talk to us until after his testimony. We were the first show to speak, first radio show to speak to Mark Furman, and that's because Bill knew Mark Furman, because Mark Furman was the police officer that handled an incident that Marjorie had gone through where she was carjacked. Yeah, carjacking. So he knew Mark Furman from that situation and had kind of, over the years, I think he had actually kept in touch just to check up to see how how Marjorie was doing or whatever. And um, so we were the first radio show to have Mark Furman on. And he came in live to the studio one morning. And I remember going down to the garage and, uh, and getting him. And he's sort of a handsome man. Uh, he was like at the time. I remember going, "Wow, he's a nice, handsome-looking cop." And then knowing everything else that <laughs> was going on, I'm going, "Oh, he's a big old racist." <laughs> but ladies so anyway, love the bad boys. <laughs> so anyway, he um, he came into the studio and he did an interview with Bill. It was a phenomenal interview. I think he spent he spent at least an hour with Bill, and I think we did a commercial free. But the best part of this entire thing was at the time we were obsessed. Dick Cabeza was obsessed with the Macarena song. And we did about 15 or 20 Cabeza songs that were all Macarena songs. So every single day, whatever topic it was, <laughs> it, was it, it was a Macarena song. That's because great. it was really easy to do. It was quick. And so I don't know how he did it. My brilliant husband. I don't know how he did it. But at some point after the interview was over, he had said, to Mark Furman, hey, do you mind cutting a couple promos for us? So he went into the studio with my husband, and they did some promos. Hey, this is Mark Furman and Spill Handle Show, whatever. And my husband goes, 
listen, I got a crazy idea. I wrote, we, we do these little songs on the show, and he described what the Dicka Basis stuff was all about. And he said, we're doing a bunch of stuff about OJ. Would you, would you record a song that we wrote about you? And Mark Furman was like, yeah, all right. Wow. So the song we're going to play for you right now is the Macarena song. It's called Mark Fermina. <laughs> and the chorus is sung by my husband and Ken Gallagher and Paul the Wall and Rich Murata. But the verses are sung by Mark Furman himself. So here is the, the uh, Dick Cabeza, Mark Fermina. Stuff always blows my mind. Every time I hear my name, it's always to get the blame. They say the word I used helped to free the juice. I'm Mark Fermana. Use them word for black Americanus. Accused of planting gloves and blood stainers. OJ's acquittal. He gets a blame He's Mark Fermana. To the N-word, I was no stranger. Doesn't mean the evidence is a rearranged. I'm haunted daily. Memories of F. Lee Bailey. I'm Mark Fermana. Use them word for black Americanus. Accused of planting gloves and blood stainers. OJ's acquittal. He gets the blame. He's Mark Fermana. OJ, you killed Ron Golmana. Now I'm the one on probationa. I would have loved to never have seen that glove. I'm Mark Fermana. Oh, that's good. OJ's acquittal. He gets He's Mark Fermana. Oh, that is so good. So that is Mark Furman singing his own song. That's funny. That is so funny. Him reading it, uh, like kind of chuckling into himself at that just, last well, verse. He, I remember him looking at it going, this is funny. Yeah. <laughs> this is funny. So anyway, that was uh, the uh, Mark Fermena, Dick Cabeza for the OJ case. So I thought I would bring that to you guys. Um, that's all I got for this week. I've got some fun stuff for next week. Go to KFIM640.com, keyword producer Michelle, and keyword Justin, because Justin's been doing a couple of parody songs. He did one on Trump They gave today. me a corner. Justin's corner. Um, follow me on Twitter at Prod Michelle. Prince is on Instagram at PGK the Chi and Justin at KFI Justin and at the dadpodcast.com. Very kind, thank you. So I'll see you guys all next week. Later. And today won't mean a thing. I'm a